Well, happy Mother's Day weekend. Welcome to the fifth and final part of our series, One Another. We've been exploring some of the most amazing One Another verses in the New Testament. And just to remind you, over the first four weeks of this series, we've talked about loving one another from John 13, forgiving one another from Colossians and Ephesians, serving one another from Galatians 5 and John 13. And last weekend was a double whammy. Be devoted to one another and honor one another from Romans 12. And this week, as we close the series, we're turning to 1 Thessalonians 5 to look at a passage that could not be more relevant right now than at any other time in our generation. If you've missed any of this series, check it out online or you can hop on to the Calvary yeah, and I want you to get on that app right now because the notes are there, some scripture that I want you to get a hold of and check out on your own. But um, before we jump into this um, and have something special we want to do, we want to speak some things prophetically over you today. And uh, then we have one more giveaway that we're excited about. But um, take one of your hands, set it on your heart. I want you to say it out loud with all you've got. Come on, say eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive. A mouth to confess, mouth to confess. All, the good things. all the good things Christ has already provided, Christ has already provided for, me. for me. So before we read our theme verse, get there. Get there, please. 1 Thessalonians 5. This is a letter in the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul. And he's writing a letter to a group of Christians. Don't miss this who are living under severe persecution. Persecution that I don't think we know anything about. Thank God. And their lives and their freedoms are constantly being threatened along with the fact that at that time many false teachers have come into the church and they're trying to lure them away from what Paul preached. What did he preach? The gospel of grace. It's called the good news. And Paul had planted this church only about four months before he wrote this letter. And then he sent a guy named Timothy back to get a report on how things were going. And despite the onslaught of persecution and false teaching that's creeping in to this church, Timothy was happy to report back to Paul. And I want to be able to report it about this church today but he could report that they were standing strong, even in persecution. They were standing strong in their young faith. And if anyone knew their fair share about persecution, it was Paul. And he knew about it from both sides of the equation because remember, Paul himself was once a persecutor of the church. I mean, think about that. He harassed the church imprisoned the church, even murdered early Christians around Jerusalem during the first few years that the church ever existed. But remember, he had this, this Damascus Road experience where just Christ appears and he changes his name from Saul to Paul. But even more importantly, Jesus changed Paul's nature from a hater of Jesus to the greatest evangelist the world has ever seen. And of course, the moment Paul switches teams, the moment he goes from hating Jesus to proclaiming Jesus, now he's not, you know, persecuting, but now he's being persecuted. And from, from all sides, Jews hated Paul because 
he'd become a part of that little cult of Jesus freaks. And then the Romans um, hated Paul because they saw worship of Jesus as a threat to Caesar. So Paul understood persecution more than anybody, and he wanted to see these young believers in Thessalonica. So when you open up to Thessalonians, you're reading a letter to a church there in Thessalonica, and he's talking to the church, and these young believers, he wants them to stand strong in the face of oppression and cruelty, and basically he's saying what I would say to you, church, and it's this, we've got to trust Jesus now more than ever before. And look at what Paul writes. All this persecution. Look what he writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, our theme verse. Here it is. Verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another. Church, you got to encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. So today we look at the reality of encouraging one another. The English verb encourage is a very powerful Concept. It's a compound word, and it means to build courage into someone. Wow. Wow. In the original language of the New Testament, it's the word paraclete, mm. which is a word that Jesus used to describe the Holy Spirit. And paraclete means to come alongside in order to bring help or assistance. So the phrase encourage one another has many layers of deep meaning, and it means to build courage into, to come alongside someone, to bring help, to bring assistance. And you know, I've seen God move in some unbelievable ways over this past year. I'm so thankful for his faithfulness to our family, to our church, to our community, despite all of the chaos that's in our world today, right? But I'd be lying if I said that there haven't been days where I felt deeply discouraged. And I'm pretty sure that despite the fact that I'm a, a pretty positive girl, that, that there still are just days that, like you, I have experienced discouragement. I'm a girl who tries to see the silver lining in things. I'm not always a glass half full kind of girl, but at least I'm... I'm a glass one-third full kind of girl. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm always trying to look for how God's at work in the midst of hard times. But I'll be honest, and I'll tell you that I've had some rough days over the past year. And I know the same is true for many of you. I know that we have healthcare workers who've seen things that even they have been rattled by. I know that we have many good law enforcement officers who feel dishonored and disrespected for being lumped into the neg negative category of a few. I know that we have small business owners who've been hanging on by a thread, often in the face of harassment and intimidation for merely fighting to survive. I know that we have people seeking to confront racial injustice, and yet those who are peaceful, they don't want to be lumped into the category of violent. I know that we have people struggling with anxiety or depression related to lockdowns or being isolated and, and civil unrest. I know that we have people suffering in, in the face of grief because of losing friends or losing loved ones. I could go on and on and on, but I know that you guys get the point. We're living in a time when discouragement is on the rise, and our need for encouragement is perhaps more critical now than it's ever, ever been. 
at least in our generation today. Yeah, that's so good. And and again, encouragement. What did you say? It's the art of building courage into one another. It's the consistent ministry of coming alongside and building one another up, coming alongside one another. Thank God for gospel circles. We want to come alongside and remind and reinforce each other in the truth in a day when we're surrounded by so many lies. I think just like the early believers in, in Thessalonica, we're living in a time even today with, with false teachers and lies. It's just abounding, an age where, you know, we commonly hear this word postmodern, a time when absolute truth is under assault. And for many people, it doesn't even exist. And we're living in a time much like I saw in, uh, in the book of Judges this week when I was studying chapter 17, where the nation of Israel, look at how they're depicted in verse uh, 6 of Judges 17. In those days there was no king. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And understand that back in those days when there was no leader directing to the standard of truth, what happened? Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And it sounds like today we, we, we want to pretend that there is no divine order to things, that, that everyone can just create whatever chaos they want based on whatever feelings they have at any moment. Calvary, hear me please. I'm not getting into all of that, but I want to say this. This is one of the many reasons I want to pastor you. This is one of the many reasons we need to be about encouraging one another right now more than ever before in our generation. And if you had time to look at Romans 12, write that down, Romans 12, 8, because there's actually a spiritual gift that some Christians call the gift of encouragement. And basically what that is saying is some people are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Did you know some of you sitting in this room, you are empowered by the Holy Spirit with an unusually strong anointing in this area when we talk about uh, the gift of encouragement. But whether or not we have the gift, don't miss this, we are all called to be encouragers. That's right. So what exactly do we do when we feel discouraged? a good question yeah and one of the things that I love about serving as a pastor is that there's never ever a shortage of opportunity to be an encourager people often open up to me about a lot of things yeah. and oftentimes the most fun fundamental thing that they need is encouragement but really that's not just true of pastors you also have an endless opportunity yep. to encourage others and I've discovered that often a great antidote to my own sense of discouragement is to look for ways to encourage someone else, right? It gets me out of my own head a lot of the times. We live in a world of self-absorption, don't we? It, it just seems that often the most natural thing that we do is think about ourselves. Right, right. I think that's why Jesus summarized the law of Moses with these words. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Because building courage into someone else with the same level of intensity that we care about ourselves actually gets us outside of thinking only about ourselves. So in applying this one another of encouragement to the climate that we're living in today, I felt like we should talk about our words. There are many, many ways that we can encourage one another but probably the most impactful 
is through the words that we use. That's right. That's right. Think about it. All day long, words are flowing out of us. We talk a lot. We use words constantly, passing another and saying hello in a hallway at work, chatting over a Zoom call, greeting our spouse at the end of the day, tucking a child in with a goodnight story, or speaking with a salesperson at Best Buy, talking on the phone while we're driving. We are talking all the time. We also use words without employing our voice boxes. We use words through emails or tweets or wow. Facebook comments or handwritten notes stuck on the fridge. Even in this teaching right now, I'm using words. Are they bringing life? In the hurricane of words that make up any given day, we have got to be walking in wisdom such that our words inject sanity and yeah. calm and life rather than destruction. Yeah, our, our words, let me tell you, that is so good. Our words to one another, about one another, not only describe reality, watch this, they also create reality. You, I mean, I've heard, ah, we hear crazy stuff. You idiot, you loser, you failure. I mean, it doesn't simply assess what's objectively true to the speaker. It, it, it produces in the one spoken to death and darkness. That's right. That's right. And not only do our words reveal what's true of us, but they, they generate reality in another. We say some of the most horrible stuff over one another. And here's what's so sad. We say it over the people closest to that's us. Right. Our words are either death bringing or life giving. Either depleting or nourishing. Draining or filling. And here's the gospel. The gospel is a message of what? Of life, of nourishing, of filling. And because of Christ's finished work on our behalf, we're set free, the Bible says, from sin, adopted into God's family, welcomed in. And Ephesians 1.13 says that the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, is a word that gives life. You need to understand, loved with the word of grace, I love others with words of grace. And after uh, Paul says in our theme verse, he says, therefore, don't miss this, encourage one another. Therefore, here's the question. What's the therefore referring to? And when I studied this this week, I never saw it before. Therefore, what's fueling this encouragement? What's the therefore referring to? Well, one of the greatest exaltations in the New Testament about the gospel and look at the two verses above our theme verse. Verse 9 and 10. God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through Jesus who died for us as us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live. Therefore, encourage one another. That's good. That's good. So having been shown life through the word of the gospel, we give life through the words that we use. And so today, what Kim and I want to do as we close, what we want to do, we want to take some time to build courage into you. We're going to shift just a little bit. We want to build courage into you to bring help, to bring hope. And, and I know that I may not be able to specifically, in a tangible way, give solutions to everyone's problems and everyone's challenges. We want to do what we can. We try to as a church. But I do have words, and I can pour courage into you through my words. So today on this Mother's Day, Kim and I want to encourage you. And here's what we thought. As we close, we want to literally prophesy 
three things over you to build your courage. And we believe that it's, it's a word from the Lord. And, and I don't want this just to be a classroom. This is not just a classroom where you're writing down the notes. I, that's why I say eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to receive. I want you to take this in as a word from the Lord. Before you would write this down, would you lift up your hands, church, lower floor, upper tier, those of you online, whatever location you may be at. And I declare over you, may you be encouraged with this word from the Lord. I declare that he who sees the end from the beginning is here to tell you today, it is good. And if you believe and receive it, clap your hands and give God praise. I build your courage today. When our breakthroughs delay, when we encounter closed doors, we try our best, but still it just seems to be going the wrong way. We can feel frustrated. We can feel confused. We get very discouraged. And maybe today you're questioning things like, what am I doing wrong? Or, or, or you know, where's all this going? And why is it taking so long? Let me encourage you. If you can see no way out of your situation, if all you see is struggle, if you feel discouraged, God wants you to know today. And he wants to give you today a fresh perspective of his heart of love for you. Isaiah says that his ways and his thoughts are far higher than yours. His ways and thoughts are better than anything you can imagine. And I know it's difficult to see how the broken pieces right now of your situation could ever be mended. But I came today by the Spirit of God to let you know that He wants you to know in the name of Jesus, He is piecing them together into a beautiful picture of His grace. And you don't have to have it all figured out right now. He who sees the end from the beginning is here to tell you today that it is good and the spirit of God says stop doubting and start trusting if God has already given you Jesus who is heaven's very best he will not hold anything good from you and I declare over you may you be encouraged in Jesus name you lack nothing if you believe it clap your hands and give God praise come on so good wow Number two, let us build this courage into you. Build it. We have a God who specializes in divine turnarounds. Yes. Do you feel like life has blindsided you? Has a sudden turn of events this past year maybe left you shaken or lost? Maybe an unexpected circumstance at work has you worried or stressed about your finances. Maybe you're experiencing challenges that you never thought you'd have in a relationship. Prophesy. Setbacks are painful. There's no doubt about it. They're frustrating. They leave us at a loss as to what to do. But what's more important than knowing what to do, it. it's knowing who to turn to. In the Gospels, every single time someone brought a setback to Jesus every single time he always turned it into a setup for his blessings and for his restoration to flow into that person's life every single time when the sick were brought to him he healed them every single right. time he used a setback to turn it around for good. When there was lack, he multiplied five loaves and two fish to feed multitudes. He used a setback and turned it around for an opportunity to show off. 
When newlyweds ran out of wine at their wedding, Jesus turned water into wine and he supplied more than enough for their wedding. Again, he used a setback and he turned it around to show off and surprised the mess out of those people. I want to encourage you today that we have a God who specializes in divine turnarounds. I know you might be blindsided by something, but God never, ever uses what we think is a setback as a waste. He always uses it as an opportunity. Always. If you're experiencing a setback today, let me remind you that he loves you. And he's working behind the scenes. He is. He is working behind the scenes to make all things work together for your good. And you can find that in Romans 8, 28. It's not something we're making up to simply encourage you and, and say something that sounds great. It's biblical. You can find it. We can prove it. He always takes the small details of situations and challenges and he literally uses them to show off in your life every single time. If you believe it, give God praise. Wow. (laughs) Working it for your good. Let me just declare this over you now. Receive it. Lift your hands. God is building, I declare, qualities in you that will set you up for greater success in life. I declare it. You know why? Because Romans 5 says this, 3 and 4. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance, strength of character, and hope. A confident expectation of good. Did you know that some of the frustrations that we face are actually good. The Word of God tells us that when we run into this stuff, it's building us up. It says character or endurance, character, hope. I declare over you today, my church family, that God not only cares about how things turn out, but are you ready for this? He cares about you. He cares about who you are becoming in the process. And while he'll, you, some of you say, well, he's using sickness and he's using disease and, and accidents and, and he's trying to teach you something. No, listen, he'll, 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 no, he'll, matter of fact, that's the stuff that he'll take and actually work for you good. The reality is, yeah, he can, he can use those frustrations in day-to-day life, like some of you upset because of closed doors and difficult people and unexpected delays and whatever the discouraging situation is. And, and, and even though you got these worst-case scenarios. The Bible says he's a redeemer, so when the enemy intends to destroy us, God redeems us for our benefit. And and, and though, though, though you're dealing with the difficulties, what is he doing? He's developing you into the person that he says, I've made you to be. And lift up your hands. I declare over you in the name of Jesus. You are not that person they say you are. You are a person of wisdom. You are a person of patience. You are a person of resilience. You are a person of greater trust in him. And I declare over you the greatest thing about you is that you are still here in the name of Jesus. And if you believe it, clap your hands and give him praise. I'm talking about you. So as we finish this series, see, we've been going week after week over these one another's. It's not a list of things to do. That's right. 
It's who you are, believer. And listen to me. This is not some checklist I'm giving you, but I'm asking you, church, as your pastor, wherever you are, under the sound of my voice, to join me as the Lord leads you day in and day out to be the church in becoming an instrument of encouragement in a time when people are so discouraged and I know they want to say discouragement is going to win the day but I declare it will not win the day discouragement is from the enemy and I declare that the enemy here's the gospel has been defeated at the cross and the resurrection of Jesus in fact I would say this that's what this new life that's what this new covenant that's what this new community is all about. It's life in Christ, and it begins with simple faith in Him. Would you lift your hands right now in the name of Jesus? If you've never received, maybe you take this step today. If you've never received the life of Christ, even in this moment, you can say, just take a deep breath right now. All those, all those heavy things you've been trying to carry on your own, trying, trying, trying. I'm trying, 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 wearing yourself out, so discouraged. I speak a word of encouragement over you today. Even now in this moment, may you, instead of trying, may you trust. May you trust that what Jesus accomplished was enough. May you receive his very life right now. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Old things passed away. All things brand new in Jesus name. Say it out loud. Say I believe it and I receive it. Listen, if, if, if today you've received the life of Christ, we have something called Grace Walk. I want to take this journey with you. I want to go on a walk with you. I want to see you growing in grace. Another way we grow together is something called Gospel Circles. I'm so excited, I can hardly stand it. Kim and I are doing one of the Gospel Circles. We're doing an experiment this year with our Gospel Circles. And if you don't know what a Gospel Circle is, it's where we do community and get together and, and talk and pray with one another and challenge one another. We grow in our, in our Grace Walk. That's what the early church did. They got to together we need each other and we've changed our annual calendar this year for gospel circles and we're moving to what's called a trimester where we've divided the year into spring summer and fall so we're moving into our our summer season so there's a start and a stop and then we'll take a break and a start and a stop the fall I'm excited because we're gonna have like 150 gospel circles but what we're doing is testing it with about 50 for the summer and I would encourage you it goes May 16th that week to July 4 week and it's eight uh, gospel circles that you can get in and connect and grow in grace and build relationships and be reminded of the gospel every week. And so they meet a minimum of twice per month, any day of the week, uh, at any time. And we're going to be walking through my new book, Captured by Grace. And today, I want to be in the lobby. If you've not picked it up, we're starting a series next week, a six or seven, eight week series called Captured by Grace. You are going to be so free from fear. You're going to really live your life that you were meant to live. Then we're going to get in our gospel circles and grow together. You're going to go into the summer, I'm telling you, with the best summer you've ever had. Your eyes focused on Jesus. You're going to be growing in ways you never thought possible. And I'm telling you, church, I've never been more excited about a season for this church than I am right now. And I am believing God's very best in every area of your life. And if you believe it, clap your hands and give God praise. I'm believing it. I am believing it. Now, Kim, we declared encouragement, and now we want to demonstrate encouragement. Yes. I've been waiting for this church. You got to see this. So we asked for you to submit some stories. If you knew a mom, if you were a mom who needed a car, and 
you delivered. You brought so many stories in and made our, our jobs so hard to pick one story, but we did. And through the generosity of a family here at Calvary, a car was donated and it was a beautiful car. And so we were able to bless a mom in need of a car. We want you to take a look at the big screen and see who we were able to bless. Okay, my name is Jennifer Todd. I'm married to Xander Todd, and we have two kids, Ada and Amaya. Um, Xander helps with creative. I'm a part of the worship team, and our kids are in students and kids mm -hmm. um, here at Calvary. And I'm a hairstylist, a mom. <laughs> okay. um, so in 2018, my husband um, suddenly lost his job, and... Um, we were already a little behind. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, everything just kind of fell out. So um, we were behind on bills, including um, our rent, our cars. We lost both of our cars. Mm -hmm. We had to move out of our apartment because we couldn't really afford it. Mm -hmm. Things were getting, you know, they were piling up because that income change was just creating a domino effect in our household. So um, we moved in with my parents for a year, and that was hard. <laughs> but I really appreciate it because they allowed us to catch up. And um, we had one car, and we were just trying to make sure our kids had food, um, just the necessities at least. And then we made, we just tried to make it work, you know, to fill in the gaps. We were shut down March 23rd, 2020. And that was with no knowledge of when we were coming back. So basically no income um, until who knows when. It's been a slow trickle since um, we reopened last year in May. Um, on top of not being able to accommodate as many clients, so I'm seeing about half the number of clients that I was able to see. I've, I've rearranged my work schedule, um, I've changed my place of business, and um, all in all trying to make sure that I'm home and available for my kids to support them while they're trying to do school. Um, online yeah it's it's juggling This one say, my name is Jennifer Todd and I won the car. <laughs> wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on, wait. Say, my name is Jennifer <laughs> Todd and I won the car. Are you serious? Or right, this is just practice for the thing. Go ahead. 